1: Would
0: you object to never seeing me
1: again? This is not just a couch. It's just our couch! Take the red pill, and I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. You leave the light on after bedtime. I always thought it would be better to be a fake somebody, a real nobody.
0: Are we gonna air it? Of course not. Not it! it!
1: Baby, why are you shaking? Cole, what's wrong?
0: Did you ever talk to your mom about how things are?
1: I don't tell her things. Why not? Because she doesn't look at me like everybody else, and
0: I don't want her to. I don't want her to know. Know what?
1: things for them I think that they know that you're one of these very rare people who can see them so you need to help them what if they don't want help I don't think that's the way it works
0: how do you know for sure is anyone there I was not looking forward to this episode, Ben. This Why? falls Why? firmly in the Matrix category for me, where I'm like, "Okay, what you know? What are Ben and I going to talk about when we get to the Sixth Sense?" And it's not one I revisit very often. Uh, I did see it uh, theatrically, and should we just say spoiler tags? I guess. Uh, oh definitely this one you know if you yeah. haven't
1: i think i think i think both of us can agree though that if you haven't seen the sixth sense it's one you know you should see just if for nothing else just to be aware of its significance in pop culture
0: yeah it makes me very mad um because there, there are i think multiple shows or films i've i've watched where they reference the ending of it and it, it comes about like just you know Two to three years after the film's release, where it was such you know this one you know we talked last episode about Runaway bride not having a sort of cultural currency now, and this one uh, certainly did, and I, I think still does, but in particular back then uh if you did not see it, I think in its you know initial theatrical run, uh it may have well been ruined for you mm-hmm. and my, my my earliest memory of this was I saw it uh opening opening weekend. And I believe it came out the same weekend as Mystery Men with Ben Stiller. Which,
1: well, that's some—that's a factoid that I guess has been lost to history at this point. Dennis. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, because I just so maybe I didn't—I see you know either opening weekend or second weekend, but I remember it lining up with Mystery Men, uh, which I'm probably the only person like you know lining up my my weekend plans based on that Ben Stiller comedy. But me, and my friends were really excited about it. And so excited that even to this day, I've still never seen Mystery Men. Like, (laughs) that was just a a brief moment in time where we're like, that's what we're doing. That's the movie we're going to see. It's going to be great. And instead, for whatever reason, I don't remember why, we saw The Sixth Sense instead. And I don't remember if someone said, hey, you've got to see this. You know, know, go see it and then talk to me later. So it felt like they're, you know, they're talking around something. Um, But my poor brother, who waited a week or two, uh, was going with the family to to see this movie, um, and I guess he invited his high school girlfriend at the time, and she had not seen it, but she's like, "Oh yeah, I want to see that movie. That's the one where Bruce Willis is a ghost, right?" And uh, so th- this is you know two weeks out, and and you know, that, he sat there and that
1: is why you always give a spoiler warning, you know. Yeah,
0: you make fun of uh, me, but you know that well, is you Well, know... the funny thing is, you know, I can't even blame you know that this nameless you know whoever that was and my brother's like i guess long line of romances but i'm sure they broke up uh quickly after but i think in her defense she didn't even realize that was a spoiler i think she was it was sold to her as like bruce willis as a you know ghost detective of some sort well by who Uh, (laughs) i don't know you know some some evil evil vile person so he sat there and just stewed the whole time so he clearly did not have like a uh you know natural reaction to this as you should but that is my long winded away of saying like I wondered what we were gonna talk about coming into this and it's one that I don't revisit very often because it's so sort of linked to the twist. Mm-hmm. So this has been the first time in a long time I've you know sat down to watch it and I was uh I was kinda of blown away by it. To be honest. I was I was way more impressed than <laughs> I felt like I would be unfortunately given, I guess, M. Night Shyamalan's like later works that I was less enthusiastic about uh, at just like how close to perfect this movie is Mm -hmm. for me uh, by design. And, uh, I was, I was very impressed. I had a great time with it, even knowing the twist this time coming into it. Uh, I just, I just really enjoyed the performances and the dynamic between, uh, this this guy this you know ghost detective and this child, but more importantly between the uh this kid and his his mother was played by Tony clett I love those scenes.
1: So yeah, that was a real roller coaster of emotions you were you were taking me on there. I was, there, yeah, uh, I was, I was to kind of worried you, you were going to be like mad, like extremely negative on. It. Um, and so <laughs> uh so yeah, I remember seeing this in theaters, and I think we saw it if not the week oh, if not opening weekend, we probably saw it the weekend after, and even then um you know the, the the twist had been well regarded still at that point and and so i do remember being genuinely surprised by it and and i remember really enjoying it and liking it but even so uh from what i remember the backlash set in pretty quickly uh and it and it kind of went from a movie that a lot of people were into to a movie where a lot of people were, were saying, Oh, I, I saw that coming, blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, and, and I'll admit by the time that, uh, it, so this is our first best picture nominee, isn't it?
0: I believe so. This was in the, uh, the classic days of, uh, five, five nominees. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately for pushing 10,
1: unfortunately for pushing 10. <laughs> <laughs> so, so this is our first best picture nominee, and I will say, by the time we got around to you know um, February or whenever they announced those things back then, um, I was surprised. I was surprised that this movie got major nominations like that. I like like everyone figured that Haley Joel Osment would get nominated, but but I was quite surprised when it got nominated for best director and best picture, and particularly for Tony Colette, uh, which which ca- kind of came out of nowhere for me um you know it's very surprising and then yeah i i had a very similar i had a very similar experience in that i probably rewatched this not long um after it came out probably a few times maybe you know two or three times when i was younger and in high school but i hadn't sat down to rewatch it all the way through you know for for well over a decade and yeah it, it you know i think it holds up pretty well And I I was I was surprised how effective uh, a lot of the scenes were. And I did find like by the end of it, I found I I I do find myself uh, tearing up uh, during the uh, scene between Cole and his mother in in the car. What are you thinking, Mama? You think I'm a freak? Look at my face. I would never think that about you ever. Got it. Got it. Just let me think for a
0: minute. Grandma says hi.
1: She says she's sorry for taking the bumblebee pendant. She dislikes it a lot. What? Grandma comes to visit me sometimes. Well, that's very wrong. Grandma's gone, you know that. I know. She wanted me to tell you. She wanted me to tell you she saw you dance. She said when you were little, you and her had a fight right before your dance recital. You thought she didn't come to see you dance. She did and and it's funny cuz i uh you know thinking back on it you don't realize how how big of a centerpiece the like the two main scenes in this movie are and and that would be the 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 scene i've already mentioned between cole and his mother in the car and then the other scene where where we get the iconic line of of i see dead people um you don't realize just how long those scenes are and how big of a centerpiece they are to the to the movie uh when you know when you first watch it uh but but that 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 probably accounts for like 10% of the runtime um of the film and and it kind of like it it sort of reminds you like how interesting it can be just to watch moments pass between two characters when you're really invested in in what's going on and and their conflicts um, and we definitely don't see that too much today. The thing I did, the thing I thought about a lot while watching it, and this is where, cause you know, I have to turn things into something sad. Like I can't just be like, Oh, Hey, really love this. Uh, mm-hmm. of course. <laughs> um, the thing that I found really sad was that I thought to myself, you know, if this came out today, I think audiences might be too savvy to, uh, you know, to be genuinely surprised by it. I think people would pick up on the fact that no one's really interacting with uh, Malcolm. And I can't really say with any certainty, you know, if that would have been my experience, uh, but in general, uh, you know, the, like I, people people have a tendency today to be, to have a real chip on their shoulder and and to come to movies like this, with um you know sort of a uh sort you know very cynically and wanting to find flaws in them and everything and and oddly enough i would say this if this comes out today in theaters that that it probably isn't the the hit that um you know that it that it was um you know maybe i'm wrong um but i don't know that would be my guess
0: well the first thing they would say is it's not scary enough yep because they would they would have to lean heavily into it being you know in the, in the horror genre um which i i remember <laughs> um commercials for this using like a Marilyn Manson song mm-hmm. or like i think a cover he did i put a spell uh, on you yeah. Song. Uh, yeah and which is <laughs> you know is not in keeping with the tone of the film at all but they were you know it was a nice misdirect uh, but what's surprising, like what you said, is that, you know, th- there was a backlash to this, but this thing had legs, had a long mm-hmm. you know box office run where, you know, the people were, you know, whether it was just the twist uh, or, you know, the, the, the sort of the emotional beats. Like I read something where uh, Toni Collette said she didn't realize they were doing like a like a horror movie. She She just thought it was like a family like melodrama. Like when she just read it on mm-hmm. the page, she so clearly was keyed into this relationship between this mother and her son and, and also this, this man that's trying to to help her son and the son's trying to help him uh, as well that, you know, this, I'm trying to remember, let's see it. It did what, like 25, 26 million on its opening weekend. But then I think it was like for like four or five weeks after it was the number one film at the, at the box Mm -hmm. office. So, you know, people were taking other people like to see it like, no, no, come with me. Let's, let's go have this experience. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I think this one, maybe not to the extent of the Blair Witch project where people felt, you know, tricked uh fooled uh because it was, you know, fiction as opposed to non-fiction and so if, if it was fiction then suddenly it's not as scary uh, as what it was when they when they believed it. Uh this one I could easily see now being in that sort of like is it horror film, is it melodrama, you know, is is it just like a sort of supernatural sort of procedural in a way. Uh I I don't know if they would get away with just throwing like a, uh, you know, a rock band, you know, uh, gothics or rock bands song on there. And people will go in thinking one thing that's going to be like these gruesome visions of these, these dead uh, people just like walking around uh, and then sticking around for those very long scenes. I mean, that's something that it's weird. You know, people were trained to, to enjoy it. And I think there was more backlash with unbreakable and certainly like the village uh, later, but i don't i actually don't remember as much people hating on this uh up through like oscar season as as you cuz i felt like the people you know the, their investment was sound and it was his later works it was unbreakable coming a year later and then uh the, the village and certainly lady in the water where people were like oh god another stupid twist again
1: yeah you know it it's funny um so uh, about 10 years ago I remember the previews for uh probably the happening I want to say the happening mm. and and everyone's really you can feel the audience really getting into it and and then and then it says uh, f- from M Night Shyamalan uh at the end and everyone groans uh, and, and, you know, that's, that's less than 10 years after, you know, this movie, uh, which really, really, you know, did captured people's attention and everything from what, so this is what I would say is I remember there were, I remember there were a lot of people who, uh, who made the claim that they, that they saw the twist coming and blah, 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 Now, whether they were doing that because they just want to be jackasses, you know, probably.
0: But I mean, there's some um, (laughs) of it like Bruce Wilson, his wife, that whole segment. That's very, I could see that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And that's what I That's what I mean. So, so I don't mean this as a knock against the movie at all. Uh, But this, seeing this movie now, it reminds me a lot of the, of the Netflix model, uh, you know, for movies today that, that, that there, you know, there's a hook that, that, you know, that pulls you in and uh, you know, and and it's like, like one thing. The, and that's sort of how people coalesce around like, like a movie, like, uh, uh the, what's the Sandra Bullock one, a uh, bird, something bird box, box yes, bird. Yeah. Um, and so, <laughs> and so it, but, but like, it goes back to what we were talking about the other week with deep blue sea in that the, this overwhelming, uh, idea of fan service. And especially considering this comes from, uh, Disney, you know, um, uh, the The Dark Lord uh, himself, uh, and and you know, so so if it were to come out today, he's the proper pronoun now. If it it were... I'm sure it's not <laughs> himself. <laughs> oh, personally, I don't. I don't know if Walt Disney Well, I mean, Walt Disney was a man. Um, I'm talking so... about the con-
0: conglomerate, the corporation. You know, it. <laughs>
1: okay. <laughs> Itself. Okay. So six cents. Getting back to it. Uh, if this comes out today, the marketing campaign is based 90% around making sure that people are clued in to, uh, to, to this big twist with, with Malcolm and, and boy, that would rob you of a lot of the experience, you know, seeing it for the first time, you know, um, like that, that wouldn't be very much fun, but they would be, they would, you know they would be pretty uh they would be pretty terrified i think by the idea of of not preparing uh the audience you know for this thing um you know cuz they oh no people are going to you know hate tweet about it uh you know if you don't <laughs> and uh and so okay m night Shyamalan is kind of on the up swing now i i haven't seen his most recent movies uh but i will say i will say that the visit from about 4 years ago that that was a movie that I came very close to liking. And I will say (laughs) that the, the twist in that movie uh, I found surprising. That was something that really made me want to like that film. I I just didn't like everything leading up to it. Well, like if he had had a better film uh, building to that, I I would have been totally on board with it. And um, so I don't know. He's an interesting guy. I, I think he's a little full of himself. uh but but but, i mean so sometimes you have to be his worst film for me without a doubt is lady in the water where where he cast himself as the writer who you know is going to save the world and um you know seeing that in theaters like man that was hard to you know be surrounded by that much hot air uh you know there's a, there's a
0: great book that came out of it i think it was the the man who heard voices and it was uh following him through uh his attempts to uh to you know take the script to disney where he had an overall deal at the time and uh you know they were there was some already some bad feelings about how the the village had turned out um and so then he he gives them this and uh they're just like, you know, they can tell. Like, if it didn't have his name on it, and you know, the, the mm-hmm. dollar signs with, like, if we can get back to the six cents level, uh, they would be, you know, they would throw him out of the room. But you know, they're trying to kindly basically tell him, uh, how much they dislike <laughs> what he's produced. And yeah, he was uh he was he was an arrogant, uh, guy then. But the 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 book, you know, goes through all of that. You know, the 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 doubt that he has, like, you know, like, you know, he because he. He did produce, you know, the Sixth Sense, and uh, so there's something that you know he's got some wind at his back where he's like, "Look, if I, I stick to my guns, like, I can make something <laughs> like that." But Walter I, I, Walter Murch
1: had a really interesting quote um, that I that I always like. A take down of M9. No, personally. has nothing to do with m Night. <laughs> it's just a general thing that he observed about the film industry and. um so, Walter Murch is an editor who's edited uh, Apocalypse Now, uh, tons of movies, uh, The English Patient. And so he had his directorial debut with a movie called Return to Oz with Feruza Bulk. And it's like, you know, it's like, um, you know, a quasi sequel to uh, The Wizard of Oz. And, uh, and I kind of enjoy it. Uh, but it did really, really poorly, and it came out in like 1985, and um, and people really hated, you know, the idea of a of a Wizard of Oz sequel of any kind. And w- what he said was that people look at their successes in Hollywood and they say to themselves, "Okay, everything I did on that project was right," and every and if I could just recreate, you know, all those right decisions, mm. then I would have nothing but successes. And then they look at. Every decision they made on a movie that failed and they say to themselves, okay, every mistake I made, you know, everything I did on that movie was a mistake and I, and I should never go to that place again. And, and what Walter Murch observed was that, you know, nothing could be further from the truth there. You know, there are a lot of times when you make bad mistakes on a good project. And there are a lot of times when you do good things on, on something that is ultimately a failure. And The Sixth Sense, you know, you could, you know, watching the deleted scenes, you could easily see how this movie could have uh, could have slightly missed the mark. The, there's a long excised portion from it where Cole goes to visit a a a, a old man uh, with uh, Bruce Willis and, uh, you know, talking to him about his uh, dead wife. And it's really long and it doesn't add much and it it brings a lot of confusion to the uh, to the to the affair. Um, And and yeah, and it's very, very obvious at that point that there's something like maybe not maybe he's not dead, but there's something really off about Bruce Willis's character that he's not interacting (laughs) with Mm -hmm. anyone at all. Uh, You know, like he doesn't even talk to talk to this old guy. Uh, and, um, you know, so, so there's like like that, that would be my, that, that to me is probably what M night Shyamalan's downfall, um, was, you know, past the village and everything was thinking that he could do no wrong as long as he, you know, stick stuck to his guns. Like you said, uh, you know, and then, and then, you know, yeah, if you can't see how bad lady in the water is like, you know, you need to. Have your head examined? Um. Well,
0: it's it's better than his last one. So uh, <laughs> you know, I, I look. <laughs> I
1: didn't see. I didn't see it. Uh, what, uh, what was it called? Glass.
0: Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, everyone, uh, everyone wanted an unbreakable, you know, two proper. And then when he uh, finally gives it to us, you know, that that's the whole, you know, the uh building the uh the the car, giving someone like a faster horse thing where it's like we don't really know what we want and then we we get it and we're like, Oh that's terrible, why'd you do that? And it's like, well, okay. <laughs> Audiences asked for it. You know, all you unbreakable fans like trying to get, you know, your girlfriends, your wives, or whoever to watch this, you know, this uh unheralded sort of masterpiece, uh, now look at you. Now now you're ashamed. Uh properly scolded. Um I wanna talk a little bit more about the uh the delicate balance of six cents because mm-hmm. uh I you know, the only I said that this is a near perfect film for me. And I think the only thing holding it back is you know, the the reliance on what, what is keeping uh Ghost Bruce Willis there is this you know, his his unfinished business, uh that old trope, the old chestnut, uh with his his wife and they're not speaking to one another. And so yeah, you brought up this deleted scene, which I've not I'm not seeing because unlike you, you know, I I watch the movies and that's that's all I can give them like no more like to this project. But you're really really getting into the weeds on it. So uh, did you ever find that any of those scenes were were like that, like the deleted scene where you're wondering like, okay, like will someone just directly make eye contact? Like you are still living together, (laughs) you're still in the same house. (laughs) Like what is going on with you people? Like the only one that you know totally works for me is the. the anniversary dinner he misses, where he comes in and immediately just launches into his work. Sir Silver is an excuse, like there's something about this boy, much like the other, you know, boy who who comes back and ends up shooting him that he can see like he can basically make things right if he can get it right this time. Uh and she asks for the check, signs a bill and says happy anniversary and walks off. Like that scene I get. The other, the other stuff, like you know, I, I wonder, like, yeah, you know, I don't think it's people just being assholes, but there had to be people with like the rabbit ears up. They're like, okay, this is just really strange for two adults to, to act this way, and for the film to not, basically, to allow Bruce Willis, you know, you have this big movie star, who can't even get his wife, <laughs> to make eye contact with him. I would think that that's the stuff that on rewatch. While it's also an aha moment, uh, it's not particularly interesting to to sit through, where you just uh-huh. have someone shadow mm-hmm. boxing uh, against, you know, someone who's, you know, been directed to to act like, you know, there's no one there. It's the kind of
1: thing that works on you once, and and mm-hmm. and there isn't much to to get from it. And I yeah, I agree with you. Um, you know, the scenes don't really add much on, on a rewatch. Uh, but you know, that's, that's why it's good that there's such strong performances and all the other elements of the movie, uh, you know, are so good. Uh, there, 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 see, there is definitely like a running idea in the movie of what people leave behind, uh, not just in death, but in, but in life itself. And early on in the movie, Haley Jo Osmond, you know, gets up from his his kitchen table and, and you see his you know palm print um you know and the and the shot lingers for a long period of time as his palm print uh disappears from the table uh and everything and so there's like a lot of little details like that and and again, you know, like you know so uh so we talked about FedEx being a huge factor in, you in about movies and well hey 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 it's a two-way street
0: now uh that, now so the, so the other thing is that you were bruce willis and i was the, the poor wife character i was uh, olivia williams as you went on and on about fedex i'm just sitting there and i'm like all right well next time i'm not from 99 but go ahead god damn it dennison can't we just talk to each other um
1: so it, so, so the color red, like, like another movie with with lots of symbolism in regards to the color red, and and we had that with Eyes Wide Shut, and here we have the the doorknob that he that leads to his basement where he has his tape recorder and everything. It's red. The balloon is red that leads Cole up to the the stairway to where the ghost is in that little uh you know hobbit door or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> <laughs> and um uh tons of red all over the place and, and, and when we get to American Beauty, we'll have another movie with with lots of uh red uh symbolism and and you know do you, do you ever get tired of the of color symbolism Denniston? is that hmm. that's my question
0: <laughs> do I get tired of it um I guess maybe if it's uh maybe if it's like named you know' of some know which I think didn't he do that in the village didn't I felt like, uh, was it yellow, yellow and red, right? Didn't they wear yellow cloaks? Um, I felt like they, I want to say they and wore they,
1: red cloaks and they put red marks on the door, but I could be wrong.
0: I think I, I felt like one was good. One was bad, but he, you know, he, he puts that, that that's literal in their, their mythology, their little fairy tale that they're concocting there as far as like, here's here are the rules of this, this village we live in. Uh, which is fine. Like I, like with eyes wide shut, like I, I liked, you know, it's not like Tom Cruise is like, Oh god, a red door. Like that means sexy times if I go in there and if it's blue then it's I think I think that to, was
1: the voiceover in the script was, <laughs> was you know, Oh yeah, this door. Sexy time. You know. And it's a wonder Stanley Kubrick, you know, didn't didn't want to put that in there. Uh,
0: look, there's an alternate version which uh yeah, you know, maybe maybe would we'll have led to a little more comedy. That's than, that's the version like that. that
1: the Illuminati uh, <laughs> had to had to kill Kubrick to make sure it never got out. That we couldn't have Tom Cruise talking about sexy time behind the red door. Uh.
0: Does it bother me? No. Um. It probably like, it probably bothers me more, uh, when you tell you know going back to Eyes Wide Shut when you. You were talking about the disservice we do to like the art itself when maybe maybe in our enthusiasm we take it too far. So the thing that bothers you
1: is something that I'm talking about like like I'm not a well, bad no, guy. You, I'm not a bad guy. Well, that's so. okay. That's
0: I don't, you know, you know, we can debate that, you know, in our our 100th episode spectacular at the end of this project, but uh no, you you actually said like okay, so people like with eyes wide shut, they don't want to take it on its face, which, you know, you're going to have different responses to art anyway, but it's like that, that whole conversation of like, this was not really what we were supposed to see that there's something else. It's like, they don't, they're not happy or satisfied with discussing like the film as presented Mm -hmm. to us. There has to be an alternate version. So usually you see that like in star Wars with like, you know, we're getting like the, the, the real cut or we're getting this, you know, special edition or Lucas has tinkered with it again. Uh, so I, I think that, especially in the internet age. And I guess we talked a little bit about that with Blair Witch. This is probably still too early, but right on the cusp of that, where um, I don't know. Like, I, I think the sixth sense, it's fine the way they do it. Because I, I don't think there's, I don't think you can dive too deep into it. Like the red balloon, the red mm-hmm. red doorknob or anything. Uh, and that may be where some of the, the backlash would be against it. Where you know there's 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 something that people really like um, feeling like they can come up with the the sort of the answer to the the riddle there, uh, and I I don't think that's where M Knight Shyamalan's headspace is at. I think he and actually that's another thing I really on rewatch didn't expect to have an issue with, but the like the final the actual like final scene between mm-hmm. Bruce Willis and his wife, uh, I I felt like he actually could have let the that moment breathe a little bit like there's a big rush to reveal hey he's been a ghost the whole time uh but then he's you know he kind of quickly wraps it up uh and it's actually like a moment where i want the uh i want the psycho ending where someone's like comes in and gives the audience a chance to like collect their breath and be like wow what a cool twist uh and then we can you know have the final moment with norman uh, because it's like after he has that realization, we go back to the montage. We cut to like hear all the things you missed or didn't miss if you were the you know the asshole in the room, like the the smartest dude uh, in the theater. The Steve Jobs uh, and, in 1999. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't fool me, um, M night. But like I'd forgotten like how like kind of how quickly he's like, you know what, you can rest now, honey. Like I love you. And it's like it cuts to white, and I'm like, I don't know if that's like you know, not having total confidence in Bruce Willis to really like have that, that sort of last speech, that moment, but it, it wraps up pretty quickly. Uh, and then we like, you know, a, a film by M not Shyamalan. And I'm like, Whoa, this is, you know, this is what we've been building towards with this character. Let's, let's let the man like, you know, have a moment. Uh, but they don't, they don't do that. So uh, it really does kind of end on the twist, which is why that scene with Tony Collette and her son uh, in the car uh is, it's so great the way Haley Joel Osman, mm-hmm. her, her play, like, and actually when I was looking at this, like you, you mentioned her being a surprise nominee for best supporting actress. I would, I would voted for her to win based on the, like the nominees. I don't know if, you know, who I would have nominated when we get to the end of this project, who I think the five best performances would be in that particular category. But I, you know, certainly think, uh, you know, she's, she is doing something great here with uh, what is not a thankless role, but is not what I would consider like an academy award winning role to put on the resume like oh, this is can get you a nomination of a single mom you know put in a difficult position with her child wanting desperately for to know that he's okay and for him to realize that you know that he's okay that he's he's a good smart child, and things will be all right, but having no idea how to tackle this yeah in, partic- in particular when he tells her you know what what is you know what his secret is uh, you know, that there's any number of ways they could have played that. And it would have gone into very tropey, like, you know, horror movie territory where it's like, you know, she thinks her kid's insane. I think even says that like, you know, basically, you, you know, you think I'm crazy or like this broken thing. And, uh, it's just a beautiful sequence. Like that sequence alone is worthy of the nomination.
1: Yeah. I, I would say that, that, that is time. That is one of those times where the Oscars got it right. Um, especially in consider. So when you consider she wasn't really singled out, throughout the Oscar season at all, she it, it was like considered a big surprise nomination. And so it's sort of like that and, and Robert Forster's nomination for Jackie Brown mm, and yes. William Hurt's nomination for History of Violence. And, and I guess that's it. I don't know. They don't have a great track <laughs> record. Um,
0: <laughs> I, I would... Want to argue with you there because that's my nature, <laughs> but uh, I think you hit it on the head. I think <laughs> it's like those three, and that's it. <laughs> that's the only good they've done. I'm mostly joking. I'm mostly joking. <laughs> uh,
1: but um, uh, what else can we talk about with this movie? Okay, so I know you like it when I bring up the special features on on the DVD. Mm-hmm, uh, sure. You love it. It's your fa- it's the favorite thing uh, <laughs> about this podcast is when I bring this stuff up. <laughs> so there 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 was an extended ending where after he tells her. And he says goodbye that the camera pans over to the TV and there's Bruce Willis giving, you know, an extended testimonial about his wife during it. You know, because there's this running idea of the wedding videos being played over and over again, you know, and Mm -hmm. uh, I think they cut it. Uh, this isn't what M Night Shyamalan says, but I think the real reason they cut it was because Bruce Willis's performance wasn't very good in in that moment. Uh, which is understandable. I mean, it's just like like you know you're doing like a, like he's being videotaped or whatever you know for uh this thing, and you you have no idea what it is. You have no idea it's going to be the closing image of the movie probably. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and it is it's kind of weak. It doesn't really it it, it it's it, it's far more stronger uh, what they did, but, but you might be right in that, in that once they cut that, maybe they should have gone back and let that moment breathe more. Like you said, uh, I could see that. I could see that, but we'll never know.
0: (laughs) I mean, I do like the idea of the ending where he doesn't actually get to talk to her once he realizes like that. He's that he's dead. Um, and if you're going to use the sort of wedding video as like, you know, he's, he's speaking through the television to her and something that she can actually see in that moment. Uh, no, she's still asleep. That, so you kind of have to see watch that. It yeah. I don't to... like that. Uh, I don't like that, but like, yeah, she's we, tired.
1: We... It's, it's a long movie, Denniston. you know?
0: Well, yeah. And she's cold. Cause you get this ghost living with her and you know, she's always wrapped in a shawl or something, but yeah, poor Olivia That, that ghost doesn't, nothing doesn't share
1: do. the heating bill. I guarantee you. I guarantee you that. Ben.
0: See, you're one of those those snarky guys, like you know, back during this time, probably on Ain't It Cool News message board, you know. Oh, uh, you don't great. say
1: things that you can't take back, man. <laughs> come on.
0: Well, you accused me of calling you a bad person earlier, and I was actually just like, you know, I was just trying to shout out back to uh, you know the continuity of Zook on a uh, you know a previous criticism you gave to the the masses when it came to Ice Wide Up, but you, you took it as an attack. Uh, I will attack you on your your love of special features oh, only yeah. in that it it uh hinders uh you know you getting through these films because they become this like you know mammoth like four or five hour thing where you 've got to you know listen to the commentary and watch the deleted scenes, and usually you come up and you're like yeah that was uh, that was not worth being in the film, so it 's not worth your time look so, just all to right. save so you some time.
1: the reason I do it is because um uh alicia what 's her name on The Good Wife always says that you know she does all this like prep work for her cases and everything. And she doesn't do it because she thinks it's going to come up. She does it because it, you know, helps her to feel confident about, about what she's Mm. talking about. And so that's why I do it because a fictional character, you know, told me it was a good idea on a show that is not running anymore. Uh, that has a spinoff that is available on streaming only. So that's where I'm at. Dennis. I don't know if that makes it better or worse for you.
0: I think so much worse. I think with that that explanation, clearly that fictional character has hosted a podcast with me before because I don't think I've ever asked you. So, uh, Ben, what about those deleted scenes? Tell us about it. Well, what you know, there?
1: but it, it comes up because you just brought up you know the ending of the Sixth Sense here, and I I was able to tell you, you know, I you know as an editor, I've always been really really interested in what didn't make it. In the movie, which becomes frustrating with you know Stanley Kubrick movies because he trashed you know mm. all his deleted scenes and everything, and so now people can only really no the Illuminati
0: did sir yes it was
1: the Illuminati <laughs> <laughs> they took that that pie scene in uh, Doctor Strangelove <laughs> and just got rid of all every piece of that um you know could can't have the people hearing about this that we eat pie and throw it in the war room you know um so. But uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I've always found it interesting, and I think I think so, I will agree with you that I think some people do not have—they're not smart enough to to realize why uh, a scene would be deleted uh, from a movie. And a lot of times, when I go on like YouTube or whatever to and I, and I look at this stuff. People you'll just see comment after comment after comment of people saying, "Oh, I don't see why they delete any scene out of any movie. they should just leave all the deleted scenes in. I mean, they tried Thank that God. it was called King Kong by Peter Jackson in two thousand five, yes. and it was awful. We all hated it uh from what I remember, and uh you know that's why they don't do that
0: <laughs> or yeah, the Hobbit a...
1: or any of the hobbits you know." <laughs> <laughs> That's what you get when you put every, when you leave every deleted scene uh, in a movie. So if you want every movie to be like that, yeah, then you know,
0: we are not doing that next. Uh, I actually don't think we could ever do a movie year where one of the Hobbit movies came out because would we would we be forced to cover it because they were financially very lucrative? I would do Is any
1: that? I would do any of the original um, you know Lord of the Rings movies as long as it's a theatrical oh, yeah. cut because those are, are really like, good. Those so wait really- a minute.
0: So you wouldn't watch the extended versions, even though you're, uh, uh, you're a big I've fan seen of them. getting into all the special features. I've seen
1: them. I've seen them. I don't. I, I prefer the theatrical cuts. I think the theatrical cuts are more immediate, and they're the, they're the versions that I saw in theaters. So the, they're the versions okay. that I have an attachment to. The, there's one good thing in the two towers that you know, was taken out and added back in. That on its own is very interesting. It's this long extended 10-minute sequence uh, that's a flashback with, um, uh, what's his name? Oh, oh God, what's his name? Uh, the Vegan? guy, Aragorn? Game of Thrones guy. What's his name? From the first, we talked about him the other day. Oh, Sean Bean. Sean Bormier. Bean, yeah, and his brother. And they have a long extended flashback with him and the two towers. And I really like that. But like every other every other additional mm. scene, I think could could you know is better off being out from the film.
0: I think I really I really prefer the Fellowship extended because I, I like the I like hanging out in the Shire before things get things are going to go shit quickly. We're going to spend you know ten hours on you know the the apocalyptic ending of of the Eye of Sauron, you know, watching all over all over everything. So I like the Hobbit sitting around eating drinking smoking uh i i enjoyed that i think it's uh but it, you know i don't know if i would have enjoyed it sitting in the theater if it was four hours long probably wouldn't have gone to see it well there was you was go a, a, a rigging so.
1: endorsement <laughs> from michael dennison
0: <laughs> all right enough out of you uh we both really liked <laughs> uh the sixth sense we can't be the cool kids on this particular episode mm. and uh trash it. Um, but uh are we going to do that the next time, Ben? With uh we have another a much beloved film. Yes. Uh, so. And I
1: incorrectly a few episodes ago, <laughs> I felt really embarrassed about this when I was researching this movie. Uh, I very incorrectly stated that this was a Disney movie uh several mm. episodes ago no, if you no, go no. back. And I, it was during our Tarzan episode. I, I, you know, proclaimed that you, you know, you were shitting on good animated movies. Um, <laughs> I incorrectly <laughs> say this was a Disney movie and I didn't realize it is actually a Warner Brothers film. And I believe it's the only time this director worked with Warner Brothers. And I was very shocked to hear this director talk uh, a lot of shit about Disney in the special features for this upcoming movie, considering his career is almost... Based solely around disney properties today do you know what that film yeah. is michael denniston
0: the the film that we're going to be discussing yes not his uh yeah so this is the the iron giant because uh the this is uh for my money the the best superman movie that's uh been made to date and so yeah clearly cannot be a disney property that resides with uh, Warner Brothers and uh now you may actually have convinced me. I'm sure people really tuned in to a Sixth Sense episode to hear us debate the merits of special features, but now I actually want to hear this guy uh just take a dump or Oliver Disney. That intrigues me. So I may have to uh, check those out.
1: Well, yeah, you well, I guess we'll have a shameless plug. You too can check this out by purchasing the Iron Giant signature edition uh, special edition Blu-ray that, that I believe believe, believe it was only put out a few years ago, and, and it actually is a slight... I, I watched the, I guess, the director's cut of The Iron Giant, which mm. isn't that much different from, from the theatrical cut, so I'm looking forward sure to discussion.
0: to get that delivered by FedEx. By FedEx. By I can't say things that And if you'd like to continue the conversation with us, feel free to do so on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at 99 from 99.